When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director of Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Uh, oh, I, you know, um, uh, kind of as, as an aside before. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I guess we can get into the greetings and then we can get into the rest of the stuff. How about that? OK, well, okay. now I'm on the edge of my seat. Got you. Well, I'll wait. It's not that exciting. <laughs> um, as Well, I mean, it is, but not. Um, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop today on the show. We've got chart news on how Rema and Selena Gomez hit the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 together with Calm Down. How Miley Cyrus's Flowers springs back to number one. How both Miley and Twice make splashy debuts in the top three on the Billboard 200 albums chart. And how women dominate the top of the Billboard 200 in a way we haven't seen in, well, over a decade. Plus... Taylor Swift's Eras Tour opened up on Friday night, and Pop Shop founder Jason Lipschitz was covering it all for Billboard. We have the breaking news on her set list choices and everything else about the show, plus four new songs that popped up out of nowhere on Friday as well. We'll talk about that and more in just a second. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Before we get to the chart chat. Yes. So this weekend, I baked a music themed baked good, a uh, Dolly Parton, Duncan Hines brownie mix. Ooh. Because um, she also has cakes. And I have a cake mix that I bought from her too, but a cake seems like a larger endeavor. Uh, so she I, does. I, but I did see she has like a banana cake, and I love banana oh, everything. Yeah, I have that box of the banana cake. I'm like, I'm That's holding the one off you on have. that one. Ooh, I feel like you should make a cream cheese frosting at home when you make that. Well, I. That's I, my suggestion. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Okay. In the meantime, I made the brownies. Okay. And, and they're pretty great. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I accompanied my Instagram story post with Dolly Parton's uh, hit single, Baby, I'm Burning. I didn't burn them. <laughs> I, mean, um, uh, I feel like she would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but they're pretty good. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe I should have made them on Monday and I could have brought them to the office on Tuesday because I have oh. way too many brownies to eat now. Well, I mean, are they still good? Because, I mean, we're going to be in the office tomorrow. <laughs> Just checking. Um, I will eat one. <laughs> we, we, we'll see if they hold up. Okay. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's that's my non-chart related, vaguely chart related item before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of the show. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's do the chart chat. First up. On the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time stays put at number one for a second week, following its blockbuster debut atop the list a week ago. The set earned 259,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending March 16th, according to Luminate. That's down 48% compared to its debut sum of 501,000 a week ago. Just Mm -hmm. how big... Is Morgan's second week? Well, it's the largest second week for an album since Taylor Swift's Midnights collected 342,000 units in the week ending November 3rd, 2022, which was actually the chart dated November 12th, after debuting a week earlier with 1.578 million units. That's all. That's all. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, though, when you look at those two numbers kind of side by side, Morgan went from 500 ish to uh, 259. Taylor went from 1.6 million to 342. And you're like, wow, why was there such a huge drop off for Taylor versus Morgan? Taylor's first week was juiced incredibly by tons of CD sales and vinyl sales and signed copies of things and collectible versions of stuff, none of which Morgan had. Morgan had a CD and a digital album, and that was it. His number was powered largely by streaming activity, which is why the difference between week one and week two looks so different compared to Taylor and Morgan. And it's a steep drop off because it's a massive number to begin with (laughs) also. Um, Well, one thing at a time's second week is nearly as large as the first week of Morgan's last album, which was, of course, Dangerous, the double album, which started with 265,000 units back in January of 2021. It makes you wonder, like, that one spent 10 weeks at number one? Indeed. On the Billboard 200? It makes you wonder how long Morgan's got in him this time. That's what I'm that's what I'm curious about. I think, you know, I think it's now that we're kind of into it. I think the difference here, I think we all have in our mind like, ah, Morgan, this gargantuan thing, 10 weeks at number one with dangerous. That was also January, February, early March. Yeah. You know. This it's a later start this time. Later start this time, and there's more bigger releases that are coming, and I think more maybe more difficult competition that he may True. have. Um, and there was also, I think, Dangerous was his like, first big project, and so I think there was like discovery that happened week after week, and now he had the bigger first week this time around because more people know about him going into the release, right? Right. right. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that always happens when you have. You know, Adele's 25 was going to have an enormous first week because of all of the built in fa- the, the fans that From she 21. built for 21. Yeah. And Morgan built up a huge, uh, you know, group of fans through Dangerous yeah. leading up to one thing at a time. Yeah. So, all right. Well, also in the top 10 of the new Billboard 200, uh, Twice and Miley Cyrus see their new albums debut at numbers two and three, respectively, as Ready to Be starts at number two. And Endless Summer Vacation starts at number three. 
Both acts earn their largest weeks by units earned since the chart began measuring, of course, by units in December of 2014, and twice notches its highest charting album ever. Cyrus, meanwhile, clocks her largest streaming week ever and her 14th top 10 charting album. That's counting her albums billed under Miley Cyrus, that name, that her, her name, as well as her Disney Channel alter ego, Hannah Montana. We've been talking a lot on this podcast, I feel like, about Miley and her uh, the popularity of flowers and what this first week would look like. And I, I'm sure that there are Miley fans that kind of wish Morgan wasn't in the picture, but obviously we have a number three debut because Twice was also in the picture. Very tough, very crowded week, to say the very least. But also, as you said, a huge week for Miley, her biggest streaming week ever. So clearly still a massive week for her, even if it's not, you know, a number one on the charts, right? Yeah, both these albums uh, did over 100,000 units. Um, and I wrote in my story on Sunday that had either Twice or Miley's albums debuted on the chart in the four weeks leading up to Morgan debuting. They would have been number one. Yeah, they would have been number one if, if they had if they had still had the same number of units in those weeks, because in each of the sure. four weeks, in the four weeks leading up to Morgan's debut, they were all lower at number one than either Twice or Miley this week. The so moral of the story yeah. is, don't forget about January and February, guys. Like, I mean... The like Olivia Rodrigo phenomenon started in January. Uh, the dangerous phenomenon started in February. In these are these are months that people are desperate for some entertainment. Please, please bring them some music is all I'm saying. I, I, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what Katie said. Um, well, in other Miley news, uh, the album's Flowers springs back to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, giving the song its seventh non-consecutive week atop the chart. Miley also places two more tracks from the album on the list. Both are debuts this week as River and Jaded both debut on the chart. Staying with the Hot 100, uh, Rema and Selena Gomez's Calm Down bounds 19 to 8, sailing past its previous peak of number 15 set two weeks ago. Uh, it was pushed down last week because of all the Morgan Wallen songs that mm. came onto the chart. Um, and it has gains and streams, airplay and sales this week. The, the three metrics that factor into the Hot 100 chart. The Nigerian native uh, Rema released the original version of Calm Down in February of last year as a single from his debut album, Raven Roses. The remix with Selena Gomez came out last August, and that version's official video came out in September, and that is the version that has become incredibly popular on Top 40 Radio and streaming services. And, but, I mean, the two of them, the two versions, I think, combined, plus Selena has this sort of steamrolled into where we're at now. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think some people who maybe don't aren't familiar with the song might think that a Selena Gomez juiced it to this point when in actuality that remix version has been out since, you know, before last fall. And this is just like a steady growing hit, which we see a lot on the charts. I Selena think helps. of like glass yeah. animals or something, you know, something that just keep just keeps on going and keeps on hanging around and, and gaining steam. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that Selena's on it certainly is not hurting it. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, but it's it's I think it's different than the Ariana jumping on Die For You. Yes. You know, later in the game like this. This feels like Selena was more part of the 
kind of process of it becoming a bigger hit initially? Yeah, I'm trying. I think maybe I was going to say maybe Justin Bieber getting on Essence is sort of similar too, like yeah. where he like put shine on that song and on WizKid and then it continued to gain steam as its own hit without Justin, too. Or, or I mean, sort of in a way, Bieber on Despacito, because Despacito oh, was yeah. already a huge hit globally yeah. and yeah. in the Latin markets. And then when Justin got on there, it kind of gave kind of top 40 mainstream pop audiences. It gave them a reason to kind of give the song a second look or a look, a first look. Yeah, it's more of a spotlight versus yeah. a... Um, you know, uh, this thing is so popular and we can put it just over the edge if we throw yeah. one more, you know, bell and whistle on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for Gomez, it's her ninth top 10 hit on the Hot 100. And for Rema, it's his first. Yeah. Uh, lastly, it's a banner week for women on the Billboard 200 albums chart as five titles by female acts occupy the numbers two through six slots on the chart. It's the first time the top six has housed five female-led albums in over 12 years since the December 11th, 2010 dated list. 12 so, years, huh? Crazy. Uh, yeah, on the, on, on the new chart, the all-female pop ensemble twice debuts at number two with Ready to Be. Miley Cyrus's latest effort, Endless Summer Vacation, debuts mm -hmm. at number three. And then three former number ones are next on the chart with SZA's SOS, Carol G's Manana Cerro Bonito, and Taylor Swift's Midnight's at numbers four through six, respectively. Uh, the lone gent in the top six is, of course, <laughs> Morgan Wallen at number one with One Thing at a Time. Now, women last had five out of the top six, as I said, on the December 11th, 2010 chart where numbers two through six were all from solo women. Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday debuted at number two, followed by Susan Boyle's former number one, The Gift, which fell one to three. Taylor Swift's chart-topping Speak Now moved nine to four. Jackie Ivanko's Oh Holy Night moved two to five. And Rihanna's Loud moved three to six. Wow, uh, does that ever just like paint a picture of, of the time, uh, of the time also, period in music. Also, that chart was, that was all tradition. That was all album sales. Right. Before um, the Billboard 200 uh, shifted to yeah, units. Before, before anyone really used, before streaming really existed. Yeah. So it's, I guess that kind of makes sense with the uh, Susan Boyle and the Jackie Ivanko of it all, because, yeah. you know, the album purchases might have been coming from a an older crowd. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> also, mean, it shows the popularity of the Britain and America's Got Talent franchise <laughs> that those two women were were in the top six. Uh, for good measure, women had four out of the top five last week as well. So two weeks in a row now we've had women four four out of the top five were women. Uh, the last time that the last time before these past two weeks that we had four out of the top five were women was in July of 2011. So it's it's been a minute, no matter how you slice yeah. it. And it's, you know, part of it is owed to how we have we just happen to have this time where both SZA and Taylor are high up on the chart. Omnipresent. Omnipresent and hanging out. Then we happen to have this sort of double whammy last week with Kali Uchis, and then this week we have Carol G and we had twice and we had Miley like usually you don't have multiple kind of high profile people all releasing albums at the same time and if you do they aren't oh it isn't like 
And in a normal week, you may have like a rock band, a solo guy and a woman all release new things. But this last this past week, there were like really two big albums. They were both by Twice and Miley. And that was kind of it. And therefore, and they both did really, really well. So it's it's really cool. That's all. We love that. Love it. Hey, you mentioned Taylor Swift, so I thought we should talk about some more Taylor Swift. What do you think, Keith? It's almost like I crafted it as a segue for you. (laughs) It's almost like that. So Taylor actually launched her Eras Tour this past Friday in Glendale, Arizona. Or should we call it Swift City? As as they renamed the city for the week. Is every city that she plays going to be renamed Swift City? I think so, actually. But although I have to say Glendale had the upper hand of also having... Arizona, E-R-A, Zona. Oh. <laughs> so I actually really liked that part of it. Katie, you just like, need to calm I would have made a t-shirt with that silly. for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, our own Jason Lipschitz, who, of course, started this Pop Shop podcast with Keith those years ago, uh, was on site for Billboard. Have you read any of his coverage yet, Keith? Or am I going to be like breaking news to you here? You're... you're- probably going to be breaking news to me <laughs> um well first of all she did 44 songs now, like okay. can we start out with that i looked at the set list some <laughs> of those like 10 of them are kind of shortened abbreviated versions but still even if you kind of discount them it's still well over 30 something full songs yes and it's also three hours and 15 minutes long is there an intermission I don't think so. And I don't think she like really truly has any breaks. There's like something like 16 costume changes. And yet it's like they're all quick changes and, you know, things are still happening on the stage. And, you know, this lady at all times. How does she do this lady? Uh, (laughs) lady. I don't know. She's a magician. (laughs) She's a magician. I mean, there's a second Taylor. There's there's a second Taylor. She has Taylor doppelgangers that. that Yeah, maybe that's it. The videos I've seen from it, though, show like a very dynamic stage, too, that really like lends itself to all this sort of magic stuff that happens. I don't know if you've seen the sort of like box thing that she has on her stage that is on like an accordion, like up and down, like it get, can get really super high. And really I have. Low. Have you seen all that? I, I have. I, you should. You should. Uh, when I saw it, uh, it's because Tiffany Taylor uh, shared it and so Tiffany they, was there. Yeah, Tetris Tiffany was there as a fan. Yeah, she te- was not covering it. Tetris was there as well. Um, yes, but when I saw the um, the lifts, these the sort of blocks that mm-hmm. came out of the stage that were very high tech looking, that kind of looked like it was a uh, um, it looked like it was an equalizer on a stereo. Yes, um, it that technology I've seen before in a smaller scale on Madonna's, uh, of course, uh, uh, MDNA tour um, mm. and. The first time you see it, you're just sort of like blown away because you're like, oh, it's one thing to have a riser come out of the stage. It's another thing to have like the equivalent of like 30 different individual pieces that all move in unison. Right. Like (laughs) when her dancers were next to her and they were all going to different levels and up and down simultaneously, like. I was like, what is going on right now? It just looks crazy. I need you to go watch uh, the uh, the performance of Madonna's Girl Gone Wild from that tour, just the opening performance, because they really listeners join me in doing that. They use they they (laughs) use the risers where the the first time you watch it, you're like, what am I watching? How are they doing this? And how has no one like lost an ankle in the process? Right. (laughs) Well, hopefully Taylor and her dancers stay safe. Yeah. Um, But I have to say the only time. I have seen, I think this is true, an individual perform longer than three hours in a concert 
is Paul McCartney at Dodger Stadium. I, that concert, I noted because I was reviewing it, that it was more than three hours. And I mean, like, can we talk about Paul's, you know, decades of music among like, you know, across different bands, across different decades, across different everything? I mean, you got to uh, say you're probably I mean, you are for for as many people as that are probably um taking issue with probably the price of these tickets mm. oh she's giving you a full-on show you are getting uh you're getting you're getting your money's worth i would imagine money's worth and then some yeah. and it feels like um from also looking at people's videos that she seemed to do a pretty good job of you know connecting to the many very far away fans too i mean even uh among our billboard friends who were there Tiffany and Tetris and Jason all had completely different perspectives. Yeah, they're all probably they're all on the floor, I think. Nope. But Tiffany they're all was, different. Tiffany was Tiffany's up somewhere. Were, oh, we'll see. Even Tiffany's videos looked amazing, like yeah. the videos that she took of of the stage. And so it's you know, we've talked on the show before about it being tough to be a stadium headliner. It's like all of these things have really converged for Taylor. Like she was supposed to have done her lover fest in 2020. It got canceled for covid. So we are talking about. Is it five albums that she's put out since she toured for Reputation? I mean, it's literally Lover, Folklore, Evermore, the two re-records and Midnights. Oh, for counting the re-records, sure, yeah. I mean, when Is you that when, six? W- yeah, when you look <laughs> when you look at the set list, though, it's it's heavy. It's it's heavy on uh, Lover. Uh, yes, Folklore, Evermore. It's heavy on what she wasn't a lot able to tour around. And yeah, those four albums, really. Yeah. As and then even Reputation. Red gets a pretty, yeah, Reputation gets has a pretty, a pretty sizable Oh yeah, chunk. Reputation actually does do. But yeah, even Red and obviously Red has its Taylor's version out, the re-recording out. Um, there are some very much smaller chunks. Some people were noting that I think Speak Now only gets one song. Her first Unless, album got Her first album got zero songs on opening night. Well, she, yeah, because she did Tim McGraw on the second night, I yeah. think. So some, yeah. so, so the, idea, the concept behind this tour is that it's showcasing all of her albums, all of her eras. It's it's like a greatest hits tour, effectively. But she has too many songs, and so she's having to kind of. It sounds like she's kind of um, adjusting the set list in certain sections, perhaps each night, to yes. kind of give the fans something a little bit different, perhaps where on what city you're in. Which I'm excited about because, as Keith already knows, I get to go see the show on Friday in Las Vegas. And so she'll be doing at least one, maybe two new songs that she has not done yet in Vegas. And so we don't know what those are going to be. Um, and we're keeping track of them at Billboard.com if you'd like to follow along with us. Oh, and there's, what like, there's like a Taylor tracker on all the different songs she's doing. Well, it's an ongoing list of the surprise songs that she adds. Oh, it's kind of like when you guys night. did the ongoing list of all of the surprise guests for that one tour. On the 1989 tour. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Here's something um, Katie doesn't know. Uh, what's that? I'm going to Vegas on Friday, too. You are? No surprise. way! Yeah, you got to surprise me this time. That's amazing. Yep. Oh, my God. That's awesome. We got it. Well, we can talk more off air about we, our we, details. We but might I'm be staying excited. at the same hotel. I don't know. You do know, but you also don't know this part of it because we're just going to just piggyback on surprises here. I'm going to also cover a show on Saturday night. Yeah, which it's not the second night of Taylor. No, I was trying. I was I was going to guess. Can I guess what oh, it would is? You, yeah, I'd love for that. Is it the Maroon 5 residency? Yes, it is. Which opens this weekend as yeah, well. It opens Friday, right? It literally opens. Get this, you guys in Las Vegas this weekend. Taylor Swift plays Friday and Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium. Maroon 5 opens their brand new residency on Friday and Saturday night. 
Adele plays her final shows of her residency on Friday and Saturday night. How crazy is that? It's a it's a busy weekend. Where's Maroon Five's show? It's a busy weekend. So it's at the Park MGM, which is also where oh. I'm staying. I figured I'd make that part of it convenient. But um, yeah, so we're both going to Taylor on Friday. I don't... That's awesome. And I appreciate I'll have uh, you're you're definitely backing me up on my reporting then because I got to find the new angles in uh, to the Vegas tour, you know, or the Vegas tour stop versus Arizona. Uh, well, one thing I mentioned at the top of the show that we have not gotten into yet is that Taylor Swift actually dropped four new songs unexpectedly last week. That's right. Uh, Some of which she, were complete, completely un, completely unreleased, correct? Yeah. So the way that she teased it, she said, in celebration of the Eras tour, I'm releasing four previously unreleased songs tonight at midnight. This is on Thursday. The four tracks include re-recordings of Swift's 2012 soundtrack songs for the Hunger Games, uh, Eyes Open and Safe and Sound. Oh, she did two songs for that? Yes, there's oh. two different songs, okay. and they both are with um, Civil, Wars? Civil Wars, which uh, currently are going by Joy Williams and John Paul White because they have been broken up for like a decade and plus. But she got them both to get back together on this song. They that were not in the same the, studio together. Oh, I can't imagine they were because it was a really like acrimonious breakup oh, yeah. with these two. Oh, so, yeah. yes. Um, but she got them both to re-record the, their stuff. The so. power of Swift. The power of Taylor Swift. And then the other two songs were... Um, if this was a movie and all the girls you loved before, um, which, according to Lars reporting that he put on our website, uh, is like doing really well on the UK charts, like is actually maybe heading like, for the top 10 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like he he said that it's it's doing the best out of the four songs that that came out. So anyway, uh, there was a lot of people who were like, what, you know, why, why? these songs? Um, some of them. Uh, the, all the girls you loved before was like given as like some sort of bonus track fan club track at some point, but never truly released. Oh. Um, and then there's like people talking about that. It's about like Joe Alwyn's ex exes, basically. Like it's a letter to her current. Joe's her current beau. Yes. Um, and then the two Hunger Games songs, some people theorize that maybe because Hunger Games is like, on Netflix now, so a lot more people might be watching it for the first time and maybe trying to find those songs. It felt it feels like a a grab bag yeah. of randomness. <laughs> but so so of the two completely new sort of songs. Co- sort of completely new. Like are of, the fans knew about was, both of one them. of which was a fan club bonus track, so it technically existed. Was it a re-record Taylor's version of it, or was it just straight up She I, You know what? I should look. I did not look at Spotify before this, because in our article, we have if this was a movie listed as Taylor's version. But for all the girls you love before, it's just all the girls you love before, because there never was a original version to. You know what I mean? I see. So she doesn't need to reclaim it. That was not a Taylor's version. Exactly. It was never a big machine release. So exactly. She could just reclaim it or she doesn't have to reclaim it. Got it. Exactly. Um, do you have any info on the U- U.S. charts for any of those songs? Do nope. you have any intel? No, nope. nope. you're like, nope, I do not. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> um, I mean, I was sort of wondering whether they were going to be incorporated into the, you know, into the concerts. Like, that's why she was doing it. But they weren't they weren't in the set list. So it, it was like in celebration of this tour that where I'm definitely not going to even acknowledge these songs exist. Or maybe they'll be part of the surprise songs. 
moving forward uh, when she does the two new ones, you know, maybe who knows? Who knows? Um, Keith, I cannot believe another pop shop takes Las Vegas is transpiring. We will see how this (laughs) how this shakes out. Are you going to try to go to Maroon 5, too? Nope. Are you going to leave Saturday? I'm back. I'm back on Saturday morning. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we'll let you know all about what we eat next weekend, too. (laughs) (laughs) Although, actually, you have to be at the well, you don't have to. But the doors open so early for Taylor. I didn't even like make a dinner plan for Friday because I'm like, I'm probably just going to eat at the stadium because I just want to be there. And the doors open so early because there's two opening acts. Yes. And they I think it's something I'll have to see what the actual schedule is, but it looks to be like 615 ish for the first one and like seven for the second one. And uh, Taylor went on at eight on the dot both Mm. nights in Arizona. So we'll see if she uh, keeps her, you know, she has she if she's playing more than three hours, probably has a curfew that she has to hit. To be fair. Yes. No, a literal curfew like the building will have a curfew. But it is an enclosed stadium oh. and there aren't any rules in Las Vegas. Also, <laughs> did you know that there's no laws in Las Vegas? <laughs> it's all night long, baby. <laughs> all night long. <laughs> all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. All right. So we talked a bit, a bit about a Taylor bit. Swift uh, this <laughs> week. So let's go back in time to when she debuted on our charts. Back on the July 1st, 2006 dated Hot Country Songs chart, her single Tim McGraw debuted. In the top five of the chart that week, there were three artists that she would eventually open for on tour. Hmm. Katie, can you name those three acts that were in the top five of the Hot Country Songs the week Swift debuted with her first hit and all three Swift herself eventually opened for On the Road. Now, it's okay, not... It's, so... it's, it's, it, 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 she's she's open for a number of people um, uh, back when she was a developing artist, and yeah. she made a big deal about it once. I remember on a big uh, country awards music show, the CMAs, where all of the kind of headliners that she'd opened for came out and presented her with an award. So that may help That's... you remember. Yeah, well, my first guess is going to be her the very first tour that she went on, which was Rascal Flats. No, they were not in the top five that week. OK, they were my number next, they were number 12 that week. My next guess <laughs> is going to be. um, I mean, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw was number four that week with When the Stars Go Blue. Oh, I love that song. Um, OK, got one. The next guess is going to be Brad Paisley. Correct. He was at number three with The World. Okay. And I get one more guess. Sure. My final guess is Kenny Chesney. You're right. With Summertime, number one. Okay, my first guess was bad, but I got the rest. Uh, That's amazing. She uh, Taylor also opened for, at one time or another, I think, George Strait. Anyway. There's just a little I can't fun. believe I got there. I guess I have that uh, visual in my head that you just brought up uh, from the country show that I don't even like actually remember. But it's it was there in my brain. I have to say, I love like I I'm I was there from country Taylor forward. Like I actually really loved early, early Taylor. Tim McGraw was my I have lived in Michigan when I first heard that song. I guess that was in 2006. Yeah. And uh, 
fell in love with Taylor Swift and obviously love her to this day as I'm traveling across state lines to go see her this very week. Um, well, there you go. There's a little uh, 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 chart side of the week going back in time to the week. Taylor Swift debuted on Billboard's charts. When you think Tim McGraw, I hope you think my favorite song. Someday you'll turn your radio All right, we reached the end of our big show. Anything else for us to say before we conclude? Going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas. Um, (laughs) All right, what song should we go out on? What Swift song song should we go out on? One song I was bummed was not on the set list, and maybe it'll be our surprise song on Friday. Who knows? Was um, I really love uh, New Romantics, uh, which was a 1989 bonus track that then was released as the final single of 1989, even though it was only on the deluxe edition of the album. Sure. Song is so good. So new romantics. We should go out on that, please. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.